This is the Pirate Radio Podcast. And welcome into the Pirate Radio Podcast. I'm Shirley Rhodes. On January 8th, Clip Rock had a chance to talk to former ECU player Caden Norman as he previews Holton Ayler's upcoming podcast. And he gives us his thoughts on the national championship game between Michigan and Washington. And of course, the NFL playoffs. And we welcome in Caden Norman, former East Carolina quarterback going to be a part of the holton Ayler show debuting on thursday on pirate radio tv we'll air it on the uh airwaves as well and uh looking forward to that caden and uh you guys fired up ready to go yeah we've done a lot of practice episodes just uh you know get the rhythm get the feeling and we're excited you know we have a good rhythm we have a good flow we have a you know uh flow of the show that we want to go up some top segments so we're really excited we think we have a good format going um you know we have a good flow with each other so i'm excited i sat in on uh, one of those the mock runs and i was very impressed with all you guys and, and not to like typecast you all but i was trying i was you you're very cerebral um when it comes to first of all you do your research uh that was apparent when we started talking when y'all were talking about ecu's next offensive coordinator uh but i do like your your takes you're very knowledgeable and uh, i think you're going to bring a lot to the show i think people enjoy hearing from you so. yeah i hope so <laughs> i just set you up now you gotta deliver you set me up for failure now <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes uh if you are following along caden uh joined us on the show and told you before the college football playoffs started that washington would be winning it all and here they go with their opportunity and same old song and dance for the huskies once again underdogs going into tonight's game which is how you like it right i love it that way i've taken uh washington underdogs three 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 straight games i had them against oregon pac 12 had them against uh texas as underdog and then michigan tonight so i'm excited about them i think they're overlooked uh big call out here you know why i think they've been overlooked is you know, they're in the Pacific Northwest. You know, a lot of football watchers, sure. you know, they're on the East Coast, Central Time Zone. You know, you have your big games out in the Pacific. But, um, you know, they're not followed as much by your average day sports watchers, your average day, you know, sports bettors. Uh, you know, so I think they've been overlooked a lot by the books. I think they've been overlooked a lot by also just, you know, your ordinary football fans. One of the reasons I'm really going to miss the Pac-12 and hopefully – They'll still do some like Big Ten after dark and put some games out there, but you know we host the uh, the post game show, the fifth quarter call in show after ECU games on Saturday. So sometimes the only games I'm able to watch start to finish were those late night games, which is why my favorite team this year in college football was Arizona because I got to watch them so much and uh, see them upset teams and really enjoyed it. So I I did watch a lot of Pac-12 football. It was a good year to watch it because. Uh, it was a really good league, and I think that's kind of shown up here too late in the year. Washington able to win these games because they've been tested so much this year. Yeah, they've been tested a lot. They've been tested by USC. They've been tested by Arizona, Oregon, Oregon State, Oregon twice. Um, and the Pac-12 was strong this year. For its last year, that was the way to go out. So I'm hoping, like you said, there's a Big Ten after dark. Yeah. Maybe a little ACC after dark, too. Uh, so I'm going to miss the Pac-12 after dark. There's always fun things. Uh, going on and i love staying up late watching the pac-12 um but yeah i'm excited for it uh jamie says clip are you driving to virginia for this game tonight that is our code for uh placing a bet on a game we have to drive across state lines to put in the the bet uh if i were jamie i would uh, keep throwing money away and bet against washington as i've done like the last five times they've won um caden obviously 
is on Washington with a future, correct? Yeah, so I, I did drive across Virginia, if we're going to use the term yeah. there, and uh, took them after the Pac-12 championship with uh, plus 650 odds, so I'm pretty excited there. Do you hedge at all tonight? Tonight, no. I, I went hammered down on Washington. <laughs> I took Washington um, plus the points. Um, then I took Washington. I actually moved the line on ESPN bets and made a minus two oh. to take even more points. So if we lose, we lose. But it's been a fun <laughs> ride with Washington. I've been riding Washington a lot of the second half of the year. So I'm excited to you know close it out tonight in college football. Going all in with the Huskies. I like the matchup because uh, if the, there's been a knock on Washington, it's been the defense. Well, Michigan does not have the most explosive offense. They have a certainly wear you down. They got some playmakers, but they like to run it wear you down whereas washington has that high-powered offense and they're facing michigan's stingy defense so it's a great something's got to give game when you look at it that way yeah exactly what's fun about tonight is it's the number one offensive line versus number one defense michigan bullied alabama but i don't think this year's alabama's team was like your normal alabama offenses um so i'm excited and then you know washington's defense they're overlooked a lot they have a really strong run defense though they're you know they have a nation's not top but you know top 30 top 25 run defense um the gap though is their pass defense you know they're ranked in the the bottom 20 i think in the nation if i recall correctly but a lot of that and the washington coaches will tell you that's not like a washington guy right now but a lot of that's mop-up time you know getting thrown on um late in games people trying to come back when they're up big so and does mccarthy and michigan's passing game scare you no i don't think so yeah. i think mccarthy don't get me wrong he's a good quarterback yeah. but if you look at the you know what happened after the Connor Stallions incident? I saw a little stat line by CBS. It had like I think he had like what 15 touchdowns or whatever he had, like maybe a 19. And then after that incident, he had one touch passing touchdown. Yeah. So it's like he doesn't scare me. In that national championship game, he also you know he had a lot of you know he played a good game, three touchdowns. But a lot of those throws were his receivers helping him a lot. They're high balls, throw balls from behind him. So I think. Yeah, Michigan's passing defense. I mean, offense would really scare me one bit. And you never know how things can go. But and and Michigan was able to overcome an early deficit, Alabama. But what if that first pass of the playoff game was counted as a pick? Like, does it all steamroll from there and Bama wins? Like that little that toe uh, out of bounds or whatever uh, really helped Michigan in that case and probably helped McCarthy's confidence and everything. Because yeah. your first pass picked off in a playoff game, that could really snowball. No, you're 100% right. You know, your first pass in the game, you throw a pick, you know, they're, they're in you know, scoring distance, red zone. I don't know. what Was it in the red zone for Alabama when they got the ball there? Yeah, it was well, right close. around it, yeah. yeah. So let's say Alabama puts it in there. You know, his confidence is already destroyed. I don't know if it shatters it for the whole game. You know, yeah. He's a very experienced quarterback. Um, but what it does is changes momentum of the game. It changes momentum. Kind of like one thing that changed the momentum of the game was when Alabama was up when Milrow fumbled it. Yep. That was a huge momentum. The swings, if, they, yeah. if Alabama would have had that, maybe just you know scored there, I think they win the game. So, Caden, uh, I, I, I know a little bit, but I'm not going to pretend to know a lot. I know the teams. I know what they can do well. I don't know the personnel. Uh, you do. You were telling me about a running back. Uh, for Washington tonight. So who are the, the key players, starting with Washington? Who are Penix's weapons he's going to go to? Yeah, I'll be honest. I've followed Washington hard. I don't know the receivers' names, but he has 2,000-yard receivers. So he has two weapons. He has a third receiver, McMillan, I think his last name, with 500 yards. Um, so he has three strong receiving weapons. Dylan Johnson's their running back. Um, you know, Everyone's talking about Blake Corum tonight. Blake Corum is a great running back, don't get me wrong. But if you look at the statistics and kind of break down the games, 
Dylan Johnson might actually be the better back. He has more yards rushing this year. Um, he hasn't played or played little time in four games this year. So you what take what twelve subtract four eight games he's really played this year. He has four hundred yard games, one two hundred yard game. He has more eighty plus yard games. So the real back is to watch might be Dylan Johnson. He got hurt that Texas game, who kind of gave him that Texas that chance to come back. Um, he, they say he's good to go to play. They don't say he's 100% healthy, but he said he's good to go to play. Um, and then, of course, um, we'll see on the Michigan side. It's going to be run and pa- pound and run yeah. offense. It's not going to be anything pretty. I think they might come out with a couple of trick plays. But it's going to be – if the real test of this game is the Michigan D-line versus the Washington O-line. That's going to set the game. If Washington can hold the Michigan D-line, you know, being the number one offense line in the country um, – then I think Michigan can't keep up with the track race. Does it worry you at all? The line has moved up uh, in Michigan's favor to five and a half. No. Okay. I I was thinking you would say that. Listen, my, uh, Michael Penix Jr. is the best quarterback in college football, and I've called that out for a while. If the couple shows I've been on, yeah. Ian Holton's argued for a few months now. He has the unorthodox throwing style, but he's by far the best college quarterback i think this year do you uh you keep saying college quarterback do you you like him in the nfl i mean if you're the bears commanders patriots um what what's the order of the quarterbacks uh i, I think obviously we're gonna go um usc's i'm joking, caleb williams. yeah caleb williams uh just because his story you know whole career you know he's by far probably the best quarterback overall he just didn't have the best year this year um then it's probably gonna be drake may and then I could see a Michael Penix Jr. or Drake May kind of going back and forth swing right there. I keep seeing Drake May number two to Washington. Should I be excited about that? Yeah, exactly. Know. You just said. I don't know. Uh, I I, like I said, I would take Michael Penix over Drake May. How about Daniels from LSU? Yeah, the Heisman winner. <laughs> you forgot about the Heisman winner. No, he's a good quarterback as well. I honestly would probably jump him over Drake May as well. Wow, okay. Just because those guys have played, and I know it doesn't matter, but those guys have played some big-time games. they played some big-time football. Drake May has as well, but I just, I don't know, I would take those three. Caden uh, Norman joining us. Any thoughts on the 55.5 total for tonight? <sighs> no, I don't touch, I won't touch the total. Anymore. What kind of score is in that big brain of yours? What are you, what are you looking at? <sighs> I, I, I think it, like I'm taking Washington, don't get me wrong. I just think if if Michigan comes out and just trouses that Washington offensive line, then it's going to be a low low total for sure because mm. Michigan's going to control the game. But if Washington can show, if it can get in the shootout, you like your chances more, uh, right? Listen, yeah. if I can get a if you can get a live play on this game and you, Washington's O line is holding, oh, if it's anywhere in the 60s, take it. All right, there you go. Drive to Virginia after uh, the first quarter and uh, and place your live bet. Uh, Caden Norman joining us here in the Pirate Radio Studios, breaking down Washington and Michigan. Is this uh, Jim Harbaugh's last game as the Michigan head coach? Oh, man, probably so. Do you my, think so? My, my dad's a huge Ohio State fan. He swears <laughs> to me that it is. He, he needs it to be, actually. <laughs> what is your, uh, your pop's thoughts on Ryan Day? It's such a weird thing. He has won every freaking game just about. Other than the last three of the season. So, love my dad, but Ohio State fans have to be the most ungrateful group of people in the world. And I grew up as an Ohio State fan a little bit as a as a young kid just because my parents were from Ohio and everything. Okay. But, you know, he's lost, what, seven games his entire career. Uh, he's a good coach. He's obviously haven't beat the team up north like they call it up there in Ohio. But 
you know, that's a rivalry. You know, Ohio went on, Ohio State went on, what, a 15-year tear on Michigan. So it's going to swing back in their momentum. So I think this is Michigan's time. Um, I think Ohio State, they need a quarterback again with that electric offense. You just need another quarterback. So I think they're going to get that with Will Howard. Now I want to talk to your dad. Is your dad a full-blown conspiracy He's Connor not. Stallions guy? or? He's a lost man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, some of our parents start watching these news channels and uh, you lose them forever. That's happened with your dad when it comes to the cheating scandal. The Ohio State Buckeyes, he's lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Cade Norman hanging out in the Pirate Radio studios. The the signaler. If he was a uh, supervillain. you got the Riddler, the Joker, the Penguin. You've got the signaler. Signaler, I kind of like that. The signaler, there you go. And uh, he was uh, on the sidelines waving his arms for many years, and you got you became quite popular. Yeah, that. yeah, I, I had kind of like a little following. I feel like, uh, like <laughs> a cult following. No, not a cult. It was like probably like ten or fifteen people. Like usually, like older women that kind of like liked it. All right, there you go. <laughs> popular with the Cougars. Uh, also, uh, I've heard of several of my friends, and in fact, I think Chandler Honeycutt, one of these uh, people lucky enough to have you as an Uber driver yeah. back in the day, too. Yeah, back in college, I had to make some money as a walk-on. You don't get the, the scholarship check, so I was like, Thursday nights before uh, our Friday walkthroughs, I'd get an Uber and uh, make my weekly uh, paycheck. <laughs> so you've seen him around on the sidelines, in an Uber. What do you do uh, these days in the real world? Yeah, so I'm in tech sales, so uh, cybersecurity. Alright, there you go. And uh, we'll be a part of the Holt Naylor show along with Drew Dodder and Jack Powers debuting on Thursday. Uh, one more question on Penix. Jamie said, Caden, uh, if you're a GM, are you worried about the injury history? Yeah, I, I forgot all about that. And yeah, the injuries probably are why he are knocked, he's knocked further down, you know, I think it was an ACL. I could be wrong. That was one of his injuries. Um, but that's probably why a lot of GMs have knocked him farther down. But if you're looking at just player-wise, I would take him. But you're right. GMs are looking at a lot of injuries. You know, <coughs> is, this, is, is my investment going to pay off or not? Eric says, Cadence Cougars. RPOs ain't the only thing he's signaling. <laughs> All right, relax, Eric. You're on thin ice today. You've had some some iffy comments. It's only Monday. We usually had to wait till later in the week to – to get risque all right um caden uh how, how pleased are you with this ecu offseason you know we've talked about it from the outside looking in it was great to hear uh alex harper earlier today say hey look i know how we ended the year last year i know what our record was but i'm i'm excited about what we're bringing to the table this year so that makes you feel good how do you feel about it uh what ecu has done since uh the final loss of the season yeah, I think the coaches have definitely tore up the transfer portal recently. You know, a lot of big pickups. Um, you know, then, of course, the new offensive coordinator with a lot of new offensive staff pieces. So I think everyone's excited. You know, we, we had no bowl game to look forward to this year. So yeah. we're, we're super pumped. We're super excited. Um, then watching that Ole Miss game, watching Ole Miss dominate Penn State on the offensive side of the ball, I think that should excite Pirate Nation a little bit more. So I'm pumped up. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see the spring, the spring game. You get a little taste there, not much of a taste. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty pumped with the off-season performance and the, the portal, at the very least. Tyler wants me to ask Caden about Ellerby's idea. I wish uh, Ellerby was here to explain it further. But, he, okay, real brief. Maybe we can get into this later. But he said, take away the bowls. You've got the playoff. Yeah. You take the top 64 teams at the end of 2023, and you play – every team plays one game – 
and it, uh, I, I, the basically i think he says you see them but you could do he says the bowls could do a fantasy pick or whatever the games could you're playing at nfl stadiums labor day weekend on saturday sunday monday amongst those top 64 teams to open up the following season so you're almost getting like a preseason bowl game but it does count against your record so basically you're giving the fan and he says there wouldn't be opt-outs the head coach would be there because it'll be the first game of the season. Everybody would be excited about it, and you'd be playing a pretty good opponent, a team that was in the top 64 the previous year. He could explain it better, but that's the bare bones of it. What do you think? So I'm trying to understand that a little bit, so don't be mad at me here if I didn't yeah. pick up on it. But it sounds like bowls before the end of the year, top 64. Bowls to start the year. Yeah, yeah, start basically. the year. Yeah, my yeah. Bad. If I said that backwards, yeah. bowls to start the year. Uh, but they count regular season. It would give us the fans good week one matchups. Yeah, I yeah I agreed. Like the fans, a lot of times if you're playing an FCS school or like Ohio State's playing Western Michigan, like you're not really excited about that. So right. I kind of like the idea. I don't know how you make it feasible right now, but I think what's going to help, hopefully, with uh, the opt outs is the, the 12 team playoff. I hope that helps out a lot. Um, and you know that one automatic G five uh, bid, mm-hmm. you know gives ECU fans hope to like hey let's get let's get a solid turnaround here which by the way throw in Washington State and Oregon State because I saw today that they'll be in the uh the at large portion oh well they you you have to have I think it said at least eight or ten teams um for the 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 whatever either way they will not be able to automatically get in which makes sense because yeah. they're not in a conference like yeah. they're on their own right now right are they going to be independent they're gonna be in a what a Mountain West conglomerate or something like that. <laughs> I, I don't know what their schedule is gonna look like. To be yeah, uh, to be honest, that's with interesting. You. I I don't know. I'd have to have here LRB maybe describe it a little better. Yeah, yeah. But we'll, uh, I like the idea. Everyone wants to see the tougher matchups. Kind of like you know, I looked at our schedule next year and I was hoping I was like, no Power Five team. I think uh, I saw a tweet about that the other day. I was yeah. like, like I I want to see us play a Power Five team. I think we deserve to play. You know, a, a Carolina, an NC State, a Duke, just someone in in season in ACC school, even Virginia Tech again. Like, we need to get those games on the schedule every year, well, at least one of them, or every other year at least. Uh, schedule is a lot brighter in the future uh, than it is for next season. Next season, your non-conference schedule is Norfolk State uh, at Old Dominion, App State, and at Liberty. And then uh, future seasons, you got in twenty five, NC State, BYU, Coastal. Uh, 26, App State, West Virginia. 27, South Carolina, Wake Forest. Uh, 28, NC State, Wake Forest, Coastal. So uh, you get some some bigger names in the, the next few years. Yeah, I like that. I, I guess I haven't looked out that far, but uh, I'll take that one back. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you're right. Uh, the problem is, though, I even asked John Gilbert when he joined us last time, does this West Virginia game get played? That just feels like one that they buy out of. And, yeah. And we have to add somebody. Uh, we just added Coastal a couple times to make good for Boise State, who was supposed to be on the schedule. That could be a fun little regional matchup. I, I it was agree. a gritty game when we played them a few years ago. I mean, not a few yeah. years ago. Was it a few years ago now? Uh, a year ago. Two years ago. Yeah, two yeah. years ago. Whatever, yeah. however, yeah. Two seasons ago. Time. Where's it go? <laughs> <laughs> There's never enough. Um, so, let's see. Tyler's hung up on this, too. In Ellerby's idea... Those teams would play 13 regular season games. If you don't make it in that 64, you only play 12. 
Okay, so I think I get it a little bit better now. And Tyler, shout out to you for helping. So it's basically if you finish in the top 64 a year prior, you play one team in the top 64 the next year. To open the season. Why didn't you just say that? In the NFL time? stadium. <laughs> That's pretty Did sl- I not say that? I, maybe I just missed it. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a good idea. You get a top matchup. Uh, what, was it like one play 64, or how does that work? You know, that's how I was thinking it, too. But then Ellerby said something about maybe um, the sites or the games. You, you do a draft and put it on TV. A draw. You, like, draft like the, the, uh, the teams. You could do it randomly. Yeah. or uh, But, yeah, that would be cool, too, right? Yeah, you just don't know who you're playing. Like... Um, for the World Cup, right? They draw the groups or whatever. Yep. You could uh, do the draw like that. Uh, I would like a relegation system in college football. I think that would be phenomenal. Do you follow Premier League or soccer at all? Yeah, where you if you finish worse in the the division or whatever, you, you drop. Get dropped. Yeah. yeah, I actually saw something on like Twitter or X, whatever we call it these days, where it showed like per region. Uh, that system I, yeah. i'm not gonna say it and mess it up but uh i thought it'd be pretty cool you know what makes it cool is you've got the this is one of the things that, okay multiple things make it cool first of all you've got the best of the bottom league fighting it out yeah. to make it to the big league you've also got teams trying to stay out of that bottom three that gets relegated so they're playing late in the year they've had bad seasons but fans flock to the game because it's we're trying to stay up. Yeah, we our bad team has to beat this bad team, or we drop down. So uh, that will never happen. Although <laughs> with all the changing world of, of college athletics now, it 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 wouldn't shock me. Previous to everything that's happened in the last three or four years, it would shock me. Now it wouldn't shock me to see some kind of relegation system. No, yeah. I I would love it. You'd see uh, your Vander Belt of the world fall down to the sun boat or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and the way we talked about it too, it could be regionalized where you and now it's a little different with these conferences because you could have done Pac twelve and Mountain West, but like so the ACC and the American match up with one another mm-hmm. where we're trying to get to the ACC. Uh, the Big Ten and the MAC would yeah. be pretty obvious. Uh, I don't know about that. What do you mean? All right, American and ACC, that's a pretty good like playing field, I think. Maybe even Sunbelt in there as well. Maybe a Sunbelt-American <laughs> combo. But the MAC and the Big Ten is like night and day. Well, I'm doing it more regionally. Okay. It's like SEC and Sunbelt probably that doesn't work so but you got a group of five and a power five so how would you do it then you're uh, you're right the only region that really does work is kind of like the south in a way yeah i mean i realize they're far apart but but you put miami of ohio in the big 10 and they're able to stay up and get that money they could become something (laughs) i don't know (laughs) the mac and the big 10 are just total night and day differences (laughs) all right well maybe our idea would never work maybe you'd have to get rid of the conferences yeah i think if you get rid of the conferences and make it regions but still you have the mac (laughs) you have cincinnati you have west virginia that could go in a lot of the big 10 schools i think you'd make it work actually uh, Eric says if there was relegation, ECU would be playing uh, against Pitt Community College next year. <laughs> hey, look, oh, that's why we need to win games. So we're not playing Lenore and Pitt and uh, A.G. Cox Middle School next year. Cade <laughs> uh, Norman joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios. Trying to fix all the world's problems here uh, on the show today. Cade um, uh, Norman has a stat to consider, Shirley. Can we get that? The stat to consider. What do you got, Caden? <laughs> I read earlier that the number one seed in the college football playoffs has never beat the number two seed. So you can fact check me there. I saw it earlier. Don't know how true it is. 
I didn't do my research, but anything that favors Washington, you're taking though yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. I'm in deep right now. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a big Huskies win tonight. All right, Caden. Uh, we were asked a moment ago uh, the difficulties of players uh, learning a new playbook, a new system. How, how difficult is that for guys? Yeah, it's pretty difficult. I would say for a lot of guys uh, especially i would looking back on it's just it's a big transition from you know what for a young a lot of young guys to be example and you're coming from high school when the plays are so simple to you're coming to college and the plays are complex and you have a playbook of 200 plus plays just trying to understand everything and then once you understand the plays and you you memorize the plays in your brain then you have to figure out the language of the plays and the like then the signals of the plays so one reason I got a job here at ECU, I would say, because I would call mine a job, and I was like a player coach, I would say, was because I was somewhat decent at school sometimes studying. So I, I remember the plays, I remember the signals, and I stood out. I was like, hey, coach, can I help teach people this? And then I got a little signaling job. So I was under two different staffs, and those were two different signals. Those were two different playbooks, two different languages. I would I would kind of consider it learning a whole different language. So in school, you have a tutor. Uh, in football, are you able to help guys learn it, or is that something they have to do on their own? Like, could you get with another quarterback and help yeah, them out? Yeah. I would say just like school, you can get with a tutor, but with a tutor, you still got to put in the time. Yeah. So I would say, like, I, we used to make videos for guys. Like, me and Holt would go make videos of just, like, signals. So, like, you can read the play. Like, let's say you read the play, but then you look at the video and you want to signal. Like, can, and then you remember what route to run or what blocking scheme to block. Are you signaling to just the quarterback or to everyone? Uh, depends. You had a lot of different rotations on your signal. So you have uh, your main guy who might talk to the quarterback or uh, you had your receivers, you had your running back guys. There's, you know, it's a group of three, group of four people and it usually switches up. So, All right. There you go. Um, Chandler, does Caden sound like anyone to you? Maybe a, a guest on the show, somebody from ECU. Have you picked up on that? Because after this person said this, I'm starting to hear it. Help the bell! <laughs> Shirley, you hear it? Sounds like Justin Bear. Do you know Justin Bear from ECU Marketing? What's that, bear, so. What's that bear doing? If I see the picture, probably. Uh, he is a Browns guy. He's from Ohio. Are you from Ohio? I was born in Ohio. I grew up in North Carolina, though. Um, Johnny says, is Caden and Justin, uh, the marketing guy from the same area of Ohio, they sound a lot alike. <laughs> Where is he from? Uh, great question. Let me ask him. Um, I wonder if he'll answer his phone. We'll see. Uh, what part of Ohio were you born? Uh, near, Ath- near Athens. Okay. Yeah, let's see uh, where Justin, if he'll uh, answer his phone. Oh, right. <laughs> he is... Uh, Ready for some Browns football in the playoffs. Hello. Hey, uh, Justin, you're live on the air, so don't say anything. How are you? Hey, good. So we got Caden Norman here, and somebody picked up. Uh, he was like, hey, is this guy and Justin in, from the same area? Uh, because Caden is an Ohio guy. What part of Ohio were you from? I'm from east of Cleveland, Painesville. Yeah, you're, east you're, up north, I was down south. Okay. I guess our southern ears hear all you Ohioans the same. 
Yeah, it's all it's all just one state. You know, it's all the same place, pretty much. <laughs> Justin, you called it. I saw you at the basketball game yesterday. You said the Browns and uh, Texans would definitely be the early Saturday game. You knew that right from the start. Uh, how confident are you in your Browns? Uh, I feel pretty good. Uh, you know, we we beat them pretty good a couple weeks ago. Um, but you know, CJ Stroud is after that game. But I'm feeling pretty good. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem. We'll give you a talent fee. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye bye. All right, there is Justin Bear. I hate being called an Ohio guy, though. I grew up in North Carolina. Like, <laughs> I guess you've got the yeah, but you you picked up on your parents' accent. Yeah, sure. probably so. What part of North Carolina are you from? Uh, Johnson County. Okay. So like uh, Clayton area outside of Raleigh. So you, but you never had the uh, I don't know. Is there a Southern twang in your friends growing up? Like that you grew up with? I would I would say Johnson County. It's, it's more rural. So okay. Yeah. You hear it with me? No. Ch- no? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, Jamie says, I'm from Indiana, grew up in North Carolina. My accent is like Kentucky. Hmm, interesting. Accents are a funny thing. Are you a, uh, is your dad like a Browns guy or a... He's a Steelers guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't know the geography. It's like, yeah. It, he w- Browns were three hours north. Cincinnati used to be three hours uh, west, so... <laughs> Eric said, whoa, how did Caden answer that phone call? Hey, he's a ventriloquist. <laughs> that was him on the phone and here in studio. All right, uh, NFL playoffs. So who's your NFL team? Are you Steelers? Or? I don't really have an NFL team. I just like good football on the NFL side. I like college basketball. I like college football. So. All right. Um, the Niners, the one seed in the NFC. It'll be the Packers at the Cowboys Sunday 430 on Fox. Rams at Lions is your Sunday night game, and then Wild Card Monday night will be Eagles and Bucks. They played that game earlier this year on Monday Night Football. I had the Eagles, and the Eagles won. Uh, there will be a rematch coming up Monday night. Uh, what stands out to you? Uh, any of these stand out to you, Caden? Yeah, I like the Dolphins. Uh, oh, I hadn't got to the AFC yet. Oh, we're on the NFC? Yeah. <laughs> I just looked at your paper and jumped straight down. You're looking ahead. Um, I do love the Stafford back in Detroit and Golf facing the team that gave up on him. That, love that story. That's line. a great matchup. Yeah. Uh, Should be a fun game, too. I like the Eagles in Tampa Bay. You know, Eagles, what, 1-5 in their last six? Yeah, they uh, limped down the stretch. And then Tampa Bay squeaking their way in the playoffs, not even scoring a touchdown against Pan. Did they score a touchdown that game? No. That three field goals. By the way, Chandler, remember I had my no-touchdown bet earlier this year? There were, uh, I said, there's usually like one or two games where there's no touchdowns. There were two this NFL season, uh, one of them yesterday. Yeah. Bucks, Panthers. Bucks, Panthers. I saw somebody made a pretty penny on that, too. Dang. We got to get on that no touchdown thing next year. (laughs) We got to, we got to pick our spot. I, I tried it with a game, uh, and they scored on the first drive of the game. So it didn't, it didn't work out for me. But there were two games with no touchdowns this year in the NFL. Who do you Uh, like, uh, NFC all the way? Uh, I hate to say it, but Niners. I mean, I had yeah. them middle of the year, uh, beginning of the year. So I think I the NFC is pretty locked up. It looks that way. If the if it was in Dallas, uh, maybe give the Cowboys a chance because they are unbeatable at home. But when the Niners played Dallas and Philly earlier this year, they crushed them. Doesn't mean they're going to do it again. No. But we've already seen those matchups and. Uh, the Niners won both. All right, you are circling the Dolphins. You think they can go on the road and beat Kansas City? Yeah, they. Uh, I, I knew a lot of people called Dolphins out as like a, what is it, a, 
suspect team. They are fraudulent. Yeah, fraudulent. they have beat one good team this year, and it was Dallas. I know. Um, I, w- I watched that game. I actually had in Miami that game too. I just think Kansas City is a little bit more fraudulent this year. Uh, I think they just struggled. You know, it sounds bad saying what eleven six, ten and six. I don't know where they finished. Um, it's fraudulent, but I just don't think they're there this year uh, altogether. I could have those numbers off, but. Uh, I like Tyreek Hill back in Kansas City. I think he's looking forward to that. And Tua, that's just a high-explosive offense, and I think they, they pulled that one out. I am looking up the age differential. Uh, 16 years from Joe Flacco to C.J. Stroud oh, in that Browns-Texans game. Uh, love Stroud. Uh, Texans are home. That's going to be rocking. That That's... Uh, I, I can't. Hey, kudos to the Browns for being here, right? They lose their running back. I want to say week two, Chubb. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose Watson along the way, and here here they are with that defense and with Joe Flacco airing it out uh, with a chance to to win in the playoffs. Yeah, I'd love to see Joe Flacco go all the way. I just don't think he does it, but I, I I'm cheering for that all the way through. But uh, also C.J. Stroud, you know, rookie in the playoffs, you know, first year, had a, a phenomenal year. Um, it's exciting. It's a cool matchup. Uh, a guy who jumped off the couch midway through the <laughs> midway through the season versus a guy, you know, trying to ride his way his first year in the NFL. So that's another good one. I think my second. You know, if I could circle two games on there, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'd probably circle that one too. That's a good idea, Chandler. Let's get you in here. Let's do our uh, playoff watchability draft. What game, if you could only watch one this weekend, would it be? Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Lions, Eagles, Bucks, Browns, Texans, Dolphins, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills. What's number one on the list? I think it's got it. Rams, Lions for me. From a fun standpoint, I agree. If I could only pick one, it would probably be Dolphins, Chiefs. Yeah. Just because the loser of that game is going to get absolutely roasted. (laughs) Like that... That just has more big-time implications, I think. And I was going to argue the return uh, that Tyreek Hill's going to have to to air ahead, but you also have to think about the Rams' lines and the story behind that one with with Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit and then Jared Goff Goff playing his old team, too. I'm with you. I think those are 1A, 1B. Uh, Number three, are you putting Browns-Texans three, Caden? For me, that's my number two. Okay. Yeah. I don't Are know. you I, putting Browns Texans that high? I'm. That's my. That's my third. Okay. Behind uh, Chiefs and Dolphins. All right. After that, which game would you uh, want to watch the least? Steelers Bills for me. Bucks Eagles. Oh, I don't know, man. I think you are. You think the Eagles are going to cruise? Yeah. I don't. I think. I, I think you might be off there. I'm a, I would take the Eagles, but they are extremely shaky right now. So you're uh, you're not watching that one, Caden. What game are you striking off your watch list? Uh, either Pittsburgh or the Eagle one, Eagles one. Yeah. You like the Eagles too? Yeah, I like the Eagles, of course. All right. Um. Yeah, Pittsburgh Bills. I just credit to Tomlin and whatever they got going on on offense, but uh, I think the Bills uh, should be able to roll in that one. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.